Hi everyone! Before we start the show, I wanted to ask that if you like what we're doing here, you might consider donating to keep it moving onward and upward. We have a Patreon at patreon.com backslash Hegelbon and a PayPal at paypal.me backslash Hegelbon. $5 at Patreon will get you bonus episodes, but even a dollar helps more than you can imagine because no cartridge is funded by listeners like you. Thank you. Audio. My name is Trevor Strunk, Hagelbond on Twitter, and we are here to talk about the Haggies, our year-end podcast series where we talk about the games of the year, or if you're not into hierarchies, the games of my year, the goaties or the gomies. Um, so far, uh, if you're a patron, you've heard me do two of these. Uh, if not, you've heard me do one, but we've covered Night in the Woods and the lovely Dead Cells, um, along with giving a couple of... Um, awards in the meantime. Uh, the main thing that I want to cover today, though, is a game I think a lot of us are familiar with, a lot of us have played a lot of, a lot of us have become frustrated with or into in an unreasonable way. It's a game that has won the hearts of millions and also the complete rage of millions. I am talking about Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, otherwise known as PUBG. Now, uh, PUBG, I know, got some Game of the Year press in some other places, and I also saw some people complaining about that since the game is buggy beyond all belief. Um, even though its 1.0 release just came out, which is actually looking quite a bit better, uh, both in looks and in terms of uh, glitching, the game itself has been in early access for so long that it hardly feels like early access at all. It's a bit of a dead cell situation. But I would argue that even if the game never got cleaned up, even if it was like forever a kind of um, glitchy mess, uh, like this uh, half-baked kind of thing, it would be a, well, of course, qualified, but a qualified success in a major way. Um, PUBG is just this, it's a its a brilliant game. And so if you haven't played it yet, um, the basic premise is that you're dropped on a map with 99 other people. Uh, you have to be the last one standing. It's its very much like H1Z1, uh, King of the Hill, or whatever. Um, in fact, it takes some uh, models from those in, in any case. It's not exactly super, <laughs> super original. I believe uh, Player Unknown, the developer, uh, was involved with H1Z1 before he went to Player Unknown's uh, Battlegrounds. Don't quote me on that, but I'm, I'm fairly sure that's right. Uh, you can feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. But it's certainly not the only King of the Hill, Last Man Standing sort of thing. Uh, what PUBG does is, well, there are a couple of things. So the mechanic of the game is that you get dropped and you have to stay within the circle on what is a massive map. Um, now, 
staying within the circle, uh, the penalty for not being in the circle is that blue wall closes upon you. And when you're out of the zone, when the blue wall has passed you by, you're hurt periodically. You can't stay outside of the zone for long or else you will die. Um, so you have to stay within a, an increasingly smaller circle. And as you stay within that circle, uh, everyone else in the map is pushed into that circle unless they're dead. So basically what the game is, is it puts you on this massive island. Um, it says, okay, you have nothing, find your gear and get over to the safe areas. But of course the safe areas are where everyone else is going as well. So as it gets smaller and smaller, you're basically forced into conflict situations. Now, the way I play the game is by finding a place to hide and hiding there as long as possible. Some people play the game in a much more aggro way where they go out and try and, you know, kill as many people as they can so they can get enough gear and, and sort of like um, aggressively get their way to the end. I haven't beaten the, I haven't actually won a solo campaign yet, so that might be a better strategy. But the point of the whole thing is that the game becomes this extremely tense affair. Of course, you're, you're, when, initially when you're dropped, you can see where the other parachutes are around you. You jump from a plane, so you know if people are close by or not. They might not be close by. And in that moment, it's sort of boring. It's sort of more of like, you know, you walk across the land, you travel as fast as you can to the next place and, and camp out and look for more gear and stuff. Um, but much like the kind of end of the Blair Witch Project, so I know I'm dating myself there, but the end of the Blair Witch Project was this interesting moment for me as a kid because we went to watch it and I had psyched myself up so much for this movie being scary that I was kind of disappointed in it. It's not so much scary as it is mysterious or whatever, right? Um, and then I had psyched myself up, psyched myself up, psyched myself up, and then there's that last shot where they get down to the basement and the the woman is facing the wall in the same way that the, the witch's story said that the kids did before they were killed. Um... And that scared me so much because I had hyped myself up incredibly the whole time. And, you know, The Blair Witch Project is kind of classically a flawed film. It's a student film. You know, it's, it's kind of unfair to say otherwise. But the, the actual moment at the end there was instructive because, of course, if you get yourself sort of bored to the point where you keep saying, okay, like, well, where's the excitement? Where's the scariness? Where's the part that happens that, like, totally throws me off? Then once that part comes, you know it, like, and you are amped up to a higher point than you would be, say, in um, something like Ikaruga, right? The the the, the shmup that I, I have talked about and love, uh, one of my probably most favorite five games. Um, but Ikaruga is a kind of consistent adrenaline point. You constantly have to be watching for, you know, oncoming bullets. In PUBG, there are periods of time where you're just sitting in a room for a while, waiting for something to happen, waiting for the waiting for the zone to to um, solidify again, so it can go to a smaller zone, so you can see if you have to move or you can look out your window to snipe people or whatever. Right? It is a game that is premised on not only um, action and and in fact not much action. It's mostly premised on boredom and maintaining discipline of your um, emotions. You know, like as the thing closes in, are you going to run out or are you going to wait and see if anyone else runs out ahead if you may be taking some damage but watching out for them? It's very tactical and it's very difficult to play those tactics in the moment, right? So I just got to a game where I got in the top five. That's very good for me. Um, and I got killed by someone in a barn that I knew was in that barn. I just did the absolute wrong thing when the circle was super small. And that's the thing. It's a game that somehow, as my uh, as friend of the podcast, Ari Truskin, said, you know, it's like, it's a perfect stealth horror game and there's no supernatural elements. It truly is like you wait for something that isn't coming for super long, but the moment you end up in combat, it becomes this extremely heightened kind of uh, combat experience. You don't have a lot of health 
you can't you don't automatically regenerate so you, the combat itself is extremely short if someone gets the jump on you you're done um, and so it becomes much of a Mexican standoff sort of thing where like the, or a, or a gunfight sort of thing where like the first person to shoot generally wins. Um, and it becomes a, a super stressful situation in that like solo matches, you know, duo matches, uh, squad matches in PUBG, you end up playing with other friends and it's calm and it's fun and it's social or whatever. But in solo matches, you literally are just kind of hanging out by yourself in this map with, you know, 98 other people or 99 other people who want to kill you. It's so weird. Like, it's such a strange experience that by the end, when you're like, oh, there are only five of us left and you know you're going to run into someone after just like being in this expanse and then being winnowed down to that, it is terrifying. It is heart pounding, much more stressful than any other game experience this year. And then once it's done, it's just like you realize that you have been at a heightened fight, fight or flight experience for the last five minutes. There's something so bold about player unknown making a game that relies so heavily on camping and boredom, right? Stay safe, stay in one place, not a bad way of going about PUBG. And it's just so fascinating that he sort of leaned into that and said like, yeah, okay, um, you can camp. I mean, especially if you're lucky enough to choose to camp out initially in the middle of the circle, you can stay there for a long time. The thing is, you also are, are going to have to move at some point. So, you know, camp as long as you can, but something's going to change and keep your head on this level. Don't get too bored. Don't check your phone. You know, it's, it's, it's this way in which it's this faith that and it's, it's the faith of a good horror director as well, that long enough of how to say this taking enough time being bored or being listless or not having anything to do in the middle of an otherwise terrifying or dangerous area is one very very good method for bringing out serious and visceral terror um in many ways it's sort of like the jake gyllenhaal film and the book that preceded it jarhead um in which like war is described as this extremely boring affair punctuated by moments of like, you know, existentially terrifying violence. Um, or as friend of the podcast, Army Strang said, you know, it, it's, it's PUBG is exactly like war. Like you sit around bored and, you know, joking around and not doing anything for 95% of the time. And then someone kills you and you have no idea why or how, and you start over again. Right. It truly is like, uh, the perfect mix between absolutely soul-crushingly dull at times, and then immediately, zero to 60, super exciting, super stressful, and extremely like, you know, you better click faster than this other guy clicks or you are done after all this investment into this match. So for all of that, for making multiplayer that also has a mute button on the talking, thank you so much for that. PUBG is one of my games of the year. It wins a Heggy for being just the most stressful and exhilarating and replayable experience that any buggy broken game could possibly be. And I cannot wait to see how much the um, 1.0 version improves upon things. It's already really great. You should definitely play it if you haven't in a while, uh, particularly on the test server, the new desert map's great. The vaulting um, uh, mechanic is really great. It's becoming a very smooth game, and watch out when it does, because it's already unbelievably popular as it is. All right, so time now to give out my Heggy. And this year's Heggy for completely missing the boat 
for almost two decades goes to me for just now this year playing System Shock 2 for the first time. Um, I totally get what everyone was saying in 1998 or 2002 or whenever it came out. Um, it's a really good game. <laughs> it's really, really good. It is a lot like um, Prey, which is a game I almost certainly will be talking about in this series. Uh, there are elements in System Shock 2 that completely refer back to Prey. And it's something that John Bernhardt said on our episode about Prey, that Prey is a shock game. It, com it comes in the tradition of System Shock, System Shock 2, Bioshock, right? But much like System Shock 2, there's this overarching threat that is revealed to be something different than what you expected it to be. There is the architecture of the ship working against you, the idea of having to go around back ways and through ducts in a ship itself to the point where the ship seems like a total living thing. It's fascinating. I mean, it is just so reminiscent of the wonderful parts of Prey. Of course, Prey, Prey does more with it because it has the ability to do more with it. But for sort of like an early 3D game, the the action is great, the tension is great, it is scary, it is interesting, it compels you to keep going, the story is wonderful, the audio logs you can collect are fascinating. The game really is, and I, you know, this is why it's the Missing the Boat Award, everyone knows this already, but on the off chance you don't, go and buy it, it's probably on Steam for like a dollar right now, maybe five, um, it is worth your time, you will have fun with it. Um, you know, if you get to the last levels and you don't want to beat them, uh, you have my permission because the ending is not all that good because uh, they ran out of money and had to hire someone else to do the ending. Uh, but uh, the rest of the game is absolutely brilliant and something you should 100% experience if you haven't already. If it passed you by somehow, like it passed me by, I don't think I had a good enough, good enough computer to play uh, System Shock 2 when it came out, you really should get to it now and don't be me in 2018. All right, thanks everyone, and we will see you next time on the Patreon, patreon.com backslash H-E-G-E-L-B-O-N. $5 a month gets you more episodes of this wonderful show that I'm producing. Uh, and thanks again for all your support in 2017. We're going to bring it on into 2018 with more and more of the Heggies. Mm -hmm.